0: Sooner or later, it comes down to the reality of who can open, bail, hold, a line, and how does that relate to the people that you work with? And, and if it's, you know, this is a very hard comment for people to accept. There are certain people that shouldn't be on a fire engine. You know, uh, it, don't compromise your target flow based on the limitations of your people. Achieve the target flow based on the fires that you go to and train them to that level or understand that some people shouldn't be in that position to begin with.
1: Firehouse Vigilance presents the weekly scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. We'll start streaming. This is the this is the point where the rubber meets the road as we go.
2: So do you? Have, do you have Kyle in the background running questions for you? He does. He's on the he's
1: on the laptop.
2: Right Hi here. Kyle. Oh. Thank you, Kyle. Hi Kyle.
1: He can't hear you though. It's all text. Uh. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you—you you guys can tell him that in a second when I mention him. All right, you guys ready to do this?
2: Do it, bro. do it,
1: bro. I'm clicking the go live button. It is time. Where did my notes go? <laughs> Found them. Pulling up Starts. the notes. Here we go. Weekly scrap number 170. It is mega scrap, Charlie. Uh, bottom line is this: I had decided I was not going to do any more mega scraps because the 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 hassle of trying to wrangle firefighter schedules and get multiple people on and everything else was not working. But the vigilante said, no, man, they're, 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 they're awesome. They're super valuable. Please do them. So mega scrap. Charlie is here. It is all about water delivery, engine attack packages, um, nozzles. Well, yeah, flow. Uh, here we are. Steve Robertson, Jerry Herps, Brian brush. If you've got engine questions, you got attack package questions. Look no further than mega strap. Charlie. All right. Here's the intros stretching for success. 33 years, most of it in Columbus, Ohio. Steve Robertson, my man. He is here to What's talk to us. Jerry Herbst, 43 years in the fire service. He's certified. He has the search. He's published. He has all the articles. He is a subject matter expert for evaluating and developing effective attack packages. Absolutely welcome, my brother. Thank you, bro. And last but not least, with the most famous mom in the American fire service... <laughs> He has over 25 years on the job, in love with his wife for more than 20 years, father of three amazing kids, and he is fueled by coffee and hugs. It is my pleasure (laughs) to have all three of you on for this evening. Welcome to Mega Scrap Charlie.
0: Appreciate the opportunity to be here. I am looking looking
1: forward to it. (laughs) Go
3: ahead. Now speak for me, Brian. It's just one of many times tonight, I'm sure. Go ahead
1: all right oh shit son that's smooth. That, that's a quote smoothbore cartel opened up with that
0: that's kyle <laughs> hey guys good evening yeah this is this there's no mic drop it's nozzle drop tonight to... <laughs> <laughs>
1: what a crew amazing group of some of the best instructors in the country that comes from todd edwards jeff Sohn said all caps boom water gods i'm trying to read some of there's so many flying by Oh my word! Look at this panel from Gus Salcido. Yeah, it, it. Everybody, this mega scrap is going to be, and I got to say this right, huge. Hashtag Ooh. Engine Wins Huge.
2: <laughs> hey Corley, yes. Because of your group and your reach with this, can we throw out a challenge to start the the night? I'm excited.
1: I'm, I'm trepidatious and excited all at once.
2: Well, there was a there was a uh, challenge thrown out today. Um, in memory of Charles Swank, who uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. passed away at HROC. Uh, through his GoFundMe fallen firefighter, Charles Swank Memorial Fund, you can find it uh, through a lot of Facebook pages. But there was a challenge today to donate $82 as a nod to his time with the 82nd Airborne, where he was awarded the uh, Bronze Star for his as a combat veteran. Uh, Washington Township Firefighter Central Ohio Fools President, it would be great if uh, groups out there, individuals or firehouses listening tonight, could uh, round up eighty-two dollars to donate to Charles Swank and show his wife and five children the support and love of the fire service.
1: Unbelievably good idea, brother! Absolutely, if,
2: that's,
0: that's the Screaming Eagle.
2: Uh, Anybody, I, uh, go ahead. I just real quick,
3: you know, I, I was with some folks from the Fools had dinner with tonight from Central Ohio Fools, and uh, everybody's hurting in Central Ohio. Uh, Charles just a great guy, uh, super active in the pool, super active in every training you went to. Uh, it just it, it's absolutely tragic, and uh, you know there's not a lot to say except we got five kids and a family to take care of, and that's what we need to do.
1: Absolutely, audience. If someone can get me a link to the GoFundMe, message me on Facebook uh, or message it to Kyle Smoothbore Cartel. I will pin it to the uh, chat. And people can find it and click on it and go to it. Random people can't no audience can't post links. I'm sorry. The spammers, I can't figure out a better way than just ban links. But if you get me the link, I will post it. And we will make that happen. Eighty two bucks honoring Charles Swank, 82nd Airborne, go fund me. Someone get me the link. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, discombobulated. Brian throwing curveballs. Awesome curveball, by the way. <laughs> Is there anything I missed, anything you would like to add uh, to your introductions or, or, or what we're talking about tonight?
0: Uh, let, scrap. Me, let me throw something out. You know, it, it, it's amazing. You know, I, I, I've done things like this in the past, and, you know, we obviously got brass tacks, hard facts, and all that type of stuff. But when we get a forum like this that goes live, and the interaction from the people that are watching, um, you know, that's the protein that drives these discussions. Uh, and just coming off h you know, let me just say this. You know, when, when we're all together – it's rare we're all together at the same event but um a a thing like a or water on a fire we are and um you know what we go through in that week just leaves us so pumped on the subject matter uh you could not have timed this better uh than you have Uh, you know i mean we were doing some sideways stuff down there most people don't know when when we're at it we're at a pensacola conference you know the times when people are in lectures, we're out doing weird stuff, you know, with the people that make nozzles and hose, and, you know, the A-list of the instructor world. Um, so, you know, get the questions coming in, you know, that it's these weird sideways things, these alternative things, these approaches to uh, an effective fire stream that um, they come from conversations like this. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they become a thing. So uh, pump the questions. Let's get it going. Let's rock it. No,
1: on. beautiful. And Jerry, thank you for calling in. I mean, Because the audience is really what drives the scrap. And when you guys bring great questions, this unbelievable panel here can absolutely knock those questions out of the park. And so I've got the uh, link pinned. It is uh, Help the Family of the Fallen Brother Firefighter Charles Swank. It is the link to CountyFireTactics.com. But you should be able to find it from there. It's linked in the chat. So everybody look for that. Um, Okay. Back on track. Uh, Housekeeping. Uh, Everybody, please, like Jerry said, Kyle Romagus is here. He is looking for your questions. He is curating those questions. He is sending them to the laptop so that we can ask those questions of the panel. So please take advantage of that. And here we go. Housekeeping and then we're off to the races. This episode is brought to you by Key Hose. Check them out on Facebook. Key Hose, The Hose Experts. MV, Fire Rescue. For quality and realistic training, check them out at mvfirerescuetx.com. <laughs> affordable drill towers. Firefighter owned and operated. The only thing you can't do on an affordable drill tower is live fire. Affordable drill tower. You can repel, stretch hose lines, go through the stairs, go through the floor, do window bellouts, cut holes in roof props, Use the apartment balconies, pump into the FDC or flow water from the sprinkler system. Man, call Steve, 844-55-TOWER, or drop an email to info at affordabledrilltowers.com. And finally, Passion for the Craft, LLC. Based out of North Carolina, it's a hands-on and a lecture-based training organization committed to bringing realistic and affordable hands-on training and conferences. For more information, visit passion for the passionforthecraftfc.com as well as find them on Facebook and Instagram, register for their next event today. I actually went and registered for their conference in uh, October of next year. And so, anyway, let me mute my phone because there are a lot of people sending the link. Okay. Housekeeping is done. We're off to the races. But, Everybody's excited. What, what,
0: what, one comment on your housekeeping there. It was great shout-out to Steve, but I noticed he didn't attempt the pronunciation of his last name. <laughs> I always say, hey, Sanguiducci. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Is I close? It, well, yeah, close I, it yeah. off just say it fast corley you know? it's an east, an east coast thing okay you, you, you <laughs> gotta understand how the new york metropolitan area i mean i i'm from jersey i grew up just outside of the city it, it, it's it's its own vernacular it's a thing. he
1: actually sent me the uh uh phonetic pronunciation of it one time but it's been too long so i just say steve is my man so <laughs> eight four four five five tower okay um this first question, to kick off the the warm-up question, so to speak, kind of the soft toss. Vigilante Tony Nunez asked this question. He said, how did you become so involved in water work? Was it a calling at some point, or did something happen along your career? And I'm going to start off with Steve with this one and say, how did you get involved in the water work?
3: Well, I, think, I think it started, like, way back when, when I, I was the guy on the end of the, of the inch and a half or – you know, early in my career, and then inch and three quarter, and you were either getting beat up or you were getting lifted off the ground. I mean, so you, once you figure that out and you realize and and this, I think secondly to that is just great mentors. I, I was so blessed in my career to work for great bosses. Bob Cloud, God rest his soul, uh, my first super good engine lieutenant. You know, he, he demanded excellence. It wasn't it wasn't just know your job. You had to know more than your job. You had to be better than good. And, 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 and you know, that rubs off real quick. And, and then when I started getting around guys like Ray McCormick and uh, another mentor of mine that's absolutely changed my career of how di- deep I dive into things, uh, guys like Jerry Herbst and Andy Plopka, and I've known Andy for 30 years who's always been into water. And I think um, I've always been that guy that wants to know why. And and the more I dug into it, the more questions I had, the deeper I wanted to dive. So I think it all starts with a, finding the lane you're you're supposed to be in. And for me, that was engine work. Right. And, And secondly, it's having the right mentors to get you going in the right direction with vetted information vetted information from vetted from vetted folks right like like this is not opinion based stuff it's not i can have an opinion on what i like but truly vetting the information for your package is what matters and that that's where i think that's where it started for me was just really good mentors
1: nice
0: jerry um probably more as something to alleviate pain uh you know anybody anybody that's doing this i don't, I don't care whether your career volunteer combination whatever you know everybody, everybody that's doing this for a period of time has got pushed out of a fire and anybody that's doing it for a long time has is, is gone through the evolution of what's changed and what is on fire and the, the heat release rates which are ridiculous now compared to what they were so yeah i mean you know i i, I go back as far as the red line an inch and a half and you know my my super charts you know santa rosa nozzle beautiful chrome-plated piece of brass that it was um you know it it, it, we we, unfortunately if you were thumb printed early you you were thumb printed with pressure not a flow consciousness so you know how i evolved into being an engine guy with with, from from a need for a discipline i think more than anything was most people don't ask the questions i'm a question asker uh i'm an evaluator internally i'll watch a lot i listen a lot um my personal experiences were you know there was times i was get my butt hands made we were just you know i thought at first we were doing it wrong but you know sooner or later you realize it might have been a people problem it was a combination problem because you had an engineering equipment problem uh so you know i mean I, i i've been i've been on long enough where i've seen that evolution to go from that that booster to what it is today uh and the fire uh to go from what it is to today and if you don't Capture it as a penchant or, you know, something that you want to be passionate about. Um, it'll remind you that you should have. <laughs> That's what drove me to it. Uh, I love it. You know, what, one, one other thing, you'd, you'd be a surprised on, on the circuit of instructors how many engine instructors actually spent most of their time on a truck. And people look at that and they're like, why? Well, where does the truck normally operate? You know, ahead of the line and above the fire. So they need to have a vested interest in what happens on the nozzle. So, you know. Um, uh, so it's 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 broad based, but that was what drove me. It was uh it was some it was some painful mistakes early on that uh you know we we could be better. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love it. it. Yeah.
2: Brian. Man, I, I mean it's hard to avoid it. It's the core of what we do. You know, it's uh it's it's hard to have a uh, fire department sign out front and not have an engine in the bay uh there's so um you know you can d- dismiss it as simple or you can dive into it and i think i just kind of dove into it and a lot of that was uh starting out at west metro you know you're an excited kid you're getting exposed to all kinds of things and you're kind of wandering around but then then you bump into somebody who uh you know kind of exposes you to some stuff so uh, back in that day it was the start of some Fire Nuggets conferences and Fire Nuggets articles so you got outside of the bubble and I was fortunate enough to be uh, paired up at uh, Engine 1 at West Metro with Eric Tolan, who now is the captain at Engine 23 in Denver and uh, man we just kind of started to take a deep dive on on nozzles and see what was out there and uh, thankfully we had a great support system with Chief McGrail being right there kind of guiding us through things and then getting paired up through fire nuggets the i mean it it was the earliest social network for us man it was uh was phone calls and and emails and uh getting in touch with camilla and Legans out in oakland uh going through their things i mean it's just uh i think it's a prime example of uh, interest being supported has led to 20 years of a of a involvement in the, in the fire service at a, at a high level uh, whereas it very easily could have been dismissed and crushed. You know, I think Corley one of your presentations on the the two paths of the two firefighters. I mean, that's uh, it. It's, I'm just, I'm just a lucky one that made it made it down the right route, man. And I'm, I'm thankful for it and try to pour it back into it every day, but uh, I'm still learning engine work for sure. I'm further away from the rigs now, but I'm trying to work organizationally and, and systemically and, uh, with the manufacturers and stuff, because I just, I'm not pulling lines or, or, or moving lines as much as I used to. No, you know, and,
1: and go ahead. Kyle Romagus said this. He said, There are a lot of fire uh, departments out there without trucks, there are none without engines.
0: That, <laughs> and so, that, that's true. You know, I mean, look, look what, what, what's it say on the front? You know, I mean, yeah. You know the fire service be- becomes so obsessed with these these ancillary responsibilities, and I'm not saying they're not needed. It's you know high mm-hmm. angle, it's, it's, it's rescue, all these other things. But you know the core of it's like engine work. Brian, I'm I'm really surprised you got through that entire thing without the word break apart. But what was it that <laughs> <way>? <laughs> Is that
2: You're a certain? i my chops for 20 years over one statement, and that's that's how far. I just,
0: back <laughs> I just have to remember it, Brian. You know that's all. Right,
2: all
3: Jerry, is that a surfboard above his head? <laughs> you can't walk across the damn parking lot without breaking yourself and you have a surfboard? For God's <laughs> sakes, man, get control. Or is That's that why, that why it's on it's the wall. wall, bro.
2: That's why a- <laughs> it's on the wall. It's
1: that was the opening warm-up question. Now I've got about 40 literally we're we're approaching 100 comments already and we've only been talking like for a few minutes about besides the housekeeping and intros. So, I am going to try you guys ready for the first question coming at you from the audience. Yeah. Sure this one comes from Jonathan Bromley. <clears throat> yeah. My man Making a case for a two-and-a-half. Do hybrid, oh, but but here, I, I'm not sure it's about that. I'm just going to say, do hybrid attack packages on standpipes make operations easier or does it just complicate an already misunderstood operation? So, I don't know who wants to fill that question. I'll open it up to the panel. All right, Steve got his hands up, so we'll no, from I there. Just,
3: I, I think that's a very open-ended question. I mean, you can't, you I can't build your attack package, Corley. I can't do it. You, you ha- It is so dynamic for you. Now, are there parameters to that? Absolutely. But for me to say you need a hybrid package, that doesn't work. Understand that if you build a hybrid, my hybrid package, our hybrid package in Columbus is completely different than most people I know. Jerry, do you know anybody doing the same thing we're doing? With the, know, we have but- a lead we have a lead link 50 foot of two and a half and 100 foot of two inch with an inch and a 16th tip. Okay. Yep. For us, that works. And here's why. If we get a commercial high rise, all three engines bring everybody brings everything, right? Can I still put a two and a half in service on a commercial high rise at 150 feet? Absolutely. If I have just a small uh, 600 square foot apartment, can I put three or four pieces of two inch in and have more than enough water? absolutely so to say hybrid packages period all this all that i I think that's a that's to me that just doesn't work you have to do you based on your staffing based there's so many factors to that that just to say you need a hybrid package well what is that what is that to you is different to me that's different to brian that's different to jerry Uh, philly Tell them about
1: Philly, Jerry. That's a perfect
0: example of what we're talking about. So we yeah. Go ahead. I, I I just, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess I can step up it was my turn. You know, you know, I I I I've been pretty active in this arena, and, and I've always been uh I won't say hybrid, but a, a fan of intermediate host sizes. But in my world, the biggest thing that you you can't do is a cut and paste solution that somebody else did uh without doing the work. And what I mean by that is Uh, An intermediate hose size or a smaller hose size can be the catchphrase of the day, but the entire evaluation has to be, can I do that? Does it increase my mobility and effectiveness of my people based on my staffing without compromising the flow objective of the system, right? Whether the system is a pumper or a standpipe, whatever, right? So you have a flow objective. If you can make, if you can engineer an equipment change to your benefit, whether it be a reduction in water weight, increased mobility in a residential footprint versus a commercial footprint without compromising the flow objective. That's a win. Uh, unfortunately, without going deep into that and doing the work yourself, what you end up with is a cut and paste solution that maybe worked on Stevie's job, which is, you know, an eighteen hundred two thousand man job that, you know, might not work in you know a, a career department in South Carolina with three or four stations and 15 guys on the entire shift. Um, you have to find what works for you, but it takes effort to get there. So, uh, you know, to answer, to answer Jonathan's, uh, hey, Jonathan, by the way, um, his question directly, I think intermediate host sizes are a game changer based on your own world. Otherwise, you have to define what your world is, you know, do a building inventory, find out what you've got. What's your staffing? Are you going to have to push a big line? If so, what's the flow objective? Can you get that flow objective with an intermediate hose? Absolutely. Can you get, you know, 100-plus in water weight, and not carry a couple extra bags of concrete, uh, you know, on the stretch? Absolutely. So from an effective fire stream point, I think alternative or hybrid packages really, really make sense.
2: Brian, I think Brumley is baiting us. Um, start fighting. <laughs> what? He's trying to bait it. He, like, he like yeah. dangled it. Oh yeah. Is this, you so, I, I've always been a purist, uh, cause I'm a, I'm a, a disciple of, of chief McGrail and I'm i I'm a big fan of the two and a half and staying consistent all the way through. But, uh, um, I think, you know, as I've become more informed and as more <laughs> tools have become available, I think, um, you know, you like, not just looking at your building stock, but looking at your, your department, your organization, if you're all two and a half, keep it simple, you work it. That's great. Um, I think that a, a hybrid system, you know, using that two and a half to get you from the outlet to the fire floor, when it's going to be stationary in the stairwell anyway, it reduces the friction loss. If you can use a lower friction loss package to save you that elevation loss, man, I'm I'm all for it. If then your you know your makeup is dorm rooms or or residential and you want to choke down to a smaller diameter to make the room, I mean, it, the goal is success in the operation, so. Trim and friction loss on the way up the stairs and then increase in mobility on the way into the room and do you do you uh but brumley thank you for bringing the question to the table i i know you were it didn't take long to see steve and i uh, <laughs> boxed
0: it out you're looking
3: at like 84 pounds difference of water weight per 100 feet
1: right. it ain't that's movement,
3: legitimate. but i mean that's legitimate no. when you have staffing issues and it's one or two people, maybe three people on that line, that is something you really have to consider.
2: Well, at your age, you, you would, but, um, you know. Well, I, hold I, on, brush, no brush, right. brush, 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 brush. <laughs> Jerry and I were waiting on water when you were waiting on the bus. <laughs> so just get that
3: shit straight right now. You were still at the bus stop, and Jerry and I were waiting on water.
0: Yeah, how, how's that old that OG saying, you got more time waiting for water at the top of the stairs than you got in the firehouse? Uh-huh. <laughs> It, it, the hybrid thing um, comes out of work, right? It's like, okay, the majority of the potential we have is, you know, a residential footprint. I mean, even look at the cities using a lead length of two inch, right? It's, it's to increase mobility in a smaller compartment. Um, my In my world, it, that's all great. They're all got a, a good ideas, but don't cut and paste something that's going to compromise your target flow because the flow is moving the fire. Jerry, um,
3: sure, day- can I add to that? And I that the the, the innovation and and jerry was a huge huge part of this of the inch of the 16th tip was an absolute game changer getting that flow of 240 that's pretty close to 265 right you over pump that a little bit you're right there you're 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 where you need to be and personally i'm going to speak to this that i haven't been on a fire that i needed 265 to put it out and 240 didn't right and then and then you look at nozzle reaction difference you look at all the other things compiled depending on your demographics that works and jerry was a big part of that inch and the 16th tip and it's a game changer on a two inch line you're in that you're in that one inch you're at 210 well that's pretty damn close to that that 185 there's not a big gap there there's not a lot of benefit for carrying the water weight when i'm only getting 210 that inch and the 16th the difference between 160 or 185 and 240 is legitimate now i'd have I have a reason. I have a reason to bring that big, that that more weight because I have more volume.
0: Yeah, I think the danger of getting caught up in, you know, the copying thing is, you know, as soon as these alternative photo sizes came out, like the two and a quarters and things like that, you know, the next thing, you know, you got somebody posting on social media, oh, my God, it sucks with the RAM. Well, it, it's not to replace the two and a half, okay? You still need the big line. There, you know, two and a half and three inch is, is for appliances and things like that. Um, it's, it's solely as it's, it's a handline alternative and it has to be looked at that way. But they, there's the cut and paste problem. Somebody said, oh, somebody else did it. It changed their world. The next, you know, they're putting a two inch line on a ram with a two and a half inch coupling on, expecting they're going to flow 500 and it's going to be, you know, a real easy operation. It, it doesn't work that way. That's where you got to dig deeper. You know, this whole surface learning approach to things, especially in the hydraulics world, is dangerous. You know, you got to go deeper. You really need to go deeper.
1: I love it. I love it. Okay, quick segue before I throw the next question at you, which is this. There's going to be more mega scraps coming up. I got one planned on building construction that has to do with Rob Fisher and some pervs that run around the country. And then uh, I want to do something on peer support. But I also I'm, I'm, at, I'm reaching out to you guys because you guys all know Dennis Liguire, you know Daryl Liggins, and but LaGear, Liggins, and Camilla, I want them oh to do my, it. In, be, yeah. Oh dear yeah. God! So hey, if you, <laughs> put, I I, I you actually think, you think you're going to have trouble controlling this one? I put that in there, but uh, Liguire ignored it. He never can. responded. So I, I'm putting the pressure out there. Okay. Here we go. Rob Fisher is the next question. He said the seven eights has been around for years decades how why do you think it went out of popularity whenever it did thanks for bringing it back uh, i'll kick it to brush uh and go
2: so i um that was the smooth board that i knew I, I mean i don't know if it would you'd have to talk to jerry uh probably have a better understanding of it but um i i i knew the seven eights as a smooth board kind of a west coast tip i guess if if there was a tip on the west Coast or a board around where i grew up um it was a seven eight so uh kind of once i got outside of, of california started getting exposed to the fire service came across the 15 16th um it was it was the fdny and uh truly i kind of always viewed it as you know well the seven eights is the is the three-person rig and the Fifteen sixteen is the four and five person ring. And I, I just kind of simply equated it to that. Of course, if you got more people, you can take more water. Um, I think that the power and influence of the FDNY kind of perpetuated the, uh, the 15, sixteenths. I think a lot of uh, places because that was the driving factor in the, in the East Coast in general, um, kind of went with that tip. The tip was born out of the war years um i also think that the proliferation of calves systems across the country and jerry could also speak to this i think the preferred tip for calves was the one inch they told you that was like the optimum bubble size or whatever Uh, a lot of departments felt that that was too much to also flow water out of so they kind of reduced just down to the 15 16s but i don't think we brought the seven eighths inch back um i think Again, back to Steve and, and Jerry talking about the science. I, I think we have found that the sweet spot on the ancient three quarter as far as mobili- mobility, uh, water application, uh, we could talk about it all day long. The seven eighths is, is a full bail nozzle. You know, it's, it's something we can run wide open all the time, and that's really the goal. Um, so I, I, I think it's fallen into favor. I know at West Metro, when we went through our nozzle study, it was the preferred tip. Um, a chief at the time decided to go with the fifteen 16s to flow more water, but I, I would argue that we probably um, still were flowing one hundred sixty gallons a minute because we weren't able to keep that one eighty-five open all the time.
1: Uh, I'll go, Jerry.
0: Well, i I publicly declared that uh, you know I'm a, a fifteen sixteen inch fan. It's because of where you know I was born and raised, but um, you know. I, I, I've I've taken on a, I, I want as much water as I can possibly carry with me, but I also am a realist. You know, you know my analogy of CPR. If you've ever been in a classroom or hands on with me, you'll see CPR It's either on the board, on a whiteboard, on the wall, whatever. And that's the confidence to pursue reality. You know, and the reality is, you know, the science supports, especially in a residential footprint. You know, you know a one fifty or a one sixty is enough. Um, you know, I have a lot of ex- my personal experience and you know, I'm, I'm not here to talk tactics as much as being SME and, and fire streams and effective fire streams. Uh, there's fires the 25 made a difference for me. You know, we do, we do a lot of two and a half, three story wood frame, um, those fires can get pretty angry. You know, you're gonna have a, you know, a good fire in a cellar and burn a roof off and it's around you the entire time. Uh, they both put out fires. Um, it comes down to an evaluation of, of how your people interact with the fire, I think. You know, the mathematics support it. You know, it's Niles reaction. 60s easy, 70s hard. 60s is 7, eight's, 70s, you know, give or, give or take one is a 15, 16s. So technique um, is, is a part of it. Um, I don't think it ever went away and came back. I think it, it is surfaced as much more popular now because of social media and the exposure to it you know, a couple key studies that did a comparison between fifteen, and, and and seven eights. And, and the comparisons were more, you know, it's not, you know, once flowing more water, it's like go from point A to point B to point C to point D and stay open bail as long as you can. And, you know, they did it with dialed in crews that, you know, had technique. And at the end they didn't, you know, they looked at the flow meter, how much total water was flowed out of one versus the other and the bail down time, making angles and stairs and that type of stuff with the 15, 16 screw was more so than it was with the seven eighths. So the sum total of water flown was higher with the seven eighths, which was flowing 25 gallons less per minute. So that you have to go that deep. I mean, just, we, we all, the fire service tends to chase urban standards and and what I mean by that is yeah yeah it was FDNY's tip and if you go deep enough back into that history and get into the Freeman ratio and, and mathematics, you know, FDNY uses 1.88 inch hoses and you know the fractional uh, half of 1.88 is 0.9375. So they were dead on. It's a 15 for that size hose. Right. You know so this whole other thing with the hose has been created. But uh, I don't think it ever went away and came back. I think it's been championed by some people that are very, you know, uh, active on the circuit and active on social media. Um, You know, from my standpoint, if you're over pumping or under pumping, you know, especially to overcome hose issues, that's great. As long as you're not compromising target flow, as long as you have a target flow, I don't care whether it's 160 or 85. Most people don't have a target flow. That's where the problem. Get back to the root cause. Gotcha. Uh, You know, so it, 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 it takes work. It takes work.
1: I'll kick it to Steve. Closing. Yeah, there. no. I think Jerry started touching on
3: it. I mean, it didn't go away. It's always been there, but I think there's some key players out there. Early when you know, it, engine hasn't been super sexy like it is now. Um, there was several of us teaching engine when it wasn't sexy, uh, and, and you know, you you got to be remiss without talking about Aaron Fields and and moving and flowing. I, I mean, that's when it really started getting teeth again. And then you got Kurt Isaacson pushing it. And then you got, you know, Jerry brought, brought that to light with the social media, Kyle Rodriguez. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of guys that, that realized if you're going to move and flow and move and flow effectively, that that's much easier to do it with and, and still get water without shutting the line down. And at the end of the day, like Jerry mentioned, you're probably going to end up flowing more water. And that's what we found with the two inch over the two and a half on the high rise. We weren't closing the bail. So at the end of the day, that 25 gallons a minute you're losing, we were making up at the end of the day because we weren't half throttling, getting an inch and a half water, dragging around two and a half inch water weight because it was over
1: pumped. Love it. Absolutely love it. And you three, I know you can't see the Facebook comments unless you have a laptop set up or something where you're reading them. When, when this is over, go back, find the video, and read through the comments because they're amazing. Uh, <laughs> Rob Fisher, Todd Edwards, Kyle Romagus, uh, DJ Stone. There's a ton of people making comments, and it's awesome.
0: I just have, uh, yeah. They're either so, making
3: comments or making fun of us because we know all three of those guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a, it's well, a, it's a it's complete gonna be, yes. It's going to be a combination of both, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, That's I okay. You. You the know, answer I, I, is please. yes. I, I'm probably one of the few people that made a public declaration of my you know, my, my commitment to the 15th and So That was on the day of the nozzle, which is not 7, seven eight. day. No, it's July 8th, which is <laughs> the day of the nozzle. It's not 7-8th day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, I got to get that. I'll get it. Uh, Todd Edwards says, and we kind of segued to this because you mentioned 2-inch. Uh, Todd Edwards asks, there seems to be more of a renewed interest in 2-inch packages. Pros and cons. I'll kick it off with Steve because I closed with Steve.
3: Man, it's hard. You, you know, pros and cons. Water weight, that's an advantage. Um, you know, limited staffing. Having the inch and a 16th, I think, is a game changer for the two-inch. Before we had the inch and a 16th tip, you, you were running a one-inch smooth bore or you had a 250 at 50 on there. And, and it was brutal to hold on to. It was like holding on to a two-and-a-half. Um I think the inch in the 16th gives us a totally different segue to that line. If you had a, a disadvantage, you're, you, you've got a, you, you know, you're just slightly below a big line, a master stream line, but I, I'm not seeing a disadvantage other than you can't run Rams with it. You're not, it's not going to be as effective. You're, you know, your, your master stream stuff, it's not as effective. Um, the thing I do like about it, if you're running bundles, you can run a hundred foot bundle with a two inch. We do it all the time. We back of my rig's got a hundred foot flat loaded and a hundred foot bundle on top of it. That's our, that's our big line that goes into structures. We, I, I personally do not take two and a half inch hand line, two and a half inch hose into structures anymore, unless it's a trunk line that I'm going to extend off with a two inch. And I just grab that two inch bundle. And extend off of it and i mean it's a game changer when you're running with staffing of three it's a legit game changer so disadvantages the only thing i can really think of is is your master stream your, your rams things like that um but the versatility of the, the water weight and, and the inch of the 16th tip i think that's that's the big upswing where it's come back a bunch
1: back to brian what do you think two inch pros cons
2: you know, the only time I'd pull a uh, two-inch off of a rig would be to throw it in the dumpster.
3: <laughs> okay, you, you
2: couldn't
3: – how long did it take? All right, 40 minutes, that's not bad. That's not bad.
2: So, anyway, I, I, I do see the argument for the two-inch, but now with the two-and-a-quarter, I think I think the two-inch is – it's just not uh, – it's not as um, impressive of, of an option. I mean, I, I think – I think there's not enough gap between the, the inch and three quarter and the two inch. When you start looking at it, uh, hydraulically, especially when you get in that flow range, your friction loss is a little high. I think the whole inch and a half or two and a half inch couplings is, is confusing. I, I, I understand why people went to it, uh, when there wasn't the two and a quarter, but now with the, uh, uh two and a half inch couplings with that gap, uh, with an inch and an eighth, or the inch and a sixteenth, I just i I think that there is the two and a quarter is a much better option for pretty much all departments in, in that range uh, in today's world uh, versus a versus an, uh, a two inch. So that's uh, that's my piece. I'll kick it back to you, Steve. I like the
1: reaction, but I'm kicking it. <laughs> I'm going to Jerry first. So we'll kick it back around.
0: Uh, I I still think there's a fire for the two and a half, without a doubt, you know, if it's a a standpipe, you know, with an open floor plan, you know, clear clear span, uh, with an open floor plan footprint, um, I I, I would want a two and a half. I'm not saying it completely replaces, it does not, there's commercial fires I've been at, we're talking about mobility in a smaller compartment uh, or in an environment, you have to evaluate what it is you go to, all right? Um, But this kind of feeds back to the whole hybrid package thing. Do I want both options? You know, Philly was a great example. Philly Philly carries up both. They want a two and a half option and it's a three quarter option. So they have multiple companies bringing up both options so they can segue either way based on what the fire presents. You know, I, I, in my, in my work with departments on trials that needed a package that were using, you know, uh, and there's a ton of people using it, they're using an inch and a half for instance, three quarter off a standpipe, you know, with a combination nozzle, of hundred PSI or 75 PSI, let alone 50. um, It can be a game changer only because of the mobility versus the flow. Uh, Does it replace it two and a half? No, I don't think it does. Two and a quarter is a good, happy medium, but to me, it's all about flow. It's flow and mobility. You know, if you're running six on an engine in a city, that's great. And you're stacking two engines on a line. You can have a body where wherever there's a bed in the hose. You know, hell, whatever you want. Run a, run a freaking nozzle on a lot three inch. But, you know, nobody else in the world works that way unless you have that staffing. So how can, I, how can I make my people more efficient without compromising the flow objective? And that's where an intermediate hose comes into it. But, you know, I'm not knocking a two and a half. You know, let me give a shout out to my volunteer house in upstate New York in Greenwich. Man, we pull on that frequently. Um, and I'm an advocate of a decent flow difference between your line choices. You know, I mean, there's a booster fire and the booster red line is pretty much going away. But, you know, we run a 15, 16. So we cap it with a with a, a lower GPM fog because for car fires and outside fires and things like that, we like that. But when we go in a building, we're flowing at 185. If it's a bigger fire, you know, we, we run. Uh, Brian, I'm going to talk about integrated tips here. Please. Stand. <laughs> um, you know, we run an integrated inch and a quarter with, a, with an inch and an eighth outer tip. And, but we incessantly drill, you know. Inch and an eighth is a mobile offensive move. And if you're stationary, spinning, you know, spin a tip and flow some water. Uh, we're, we flow two and a half. You know, there's times we're challenged for manpower, and I, I, want, I want that big line. But it, it, it comes down to, have you done the work to evaluate, evaluate your own world? You know, stop copying and pasting what, what urban fire companies do. Evaluate it, touch it, feel it, put it in your people's hands. Forget about PowerPoints. Put it in their hands and see if there's an epiphany. If it makes sense, go that direction. But do your research. I love it.
1: And there were shots fired on the two-inch. So, Steve, rebuttal. Yeah, no. The only
3: rebuttal I got is what's the true inside diameter of the two-inch line? How close is it to the two-two-five? Do you, you really think we can't get two-sixty-five out of it, Brian? Because you know we can't. Call I, it what it is. It. Steve.
2: Call it what it is, Steve.
3: I just say it, <laughs> though, right? But it's true. It's yeah. like yeah. it's not. It's not that far off a of two-two-five.
2: No.
3: So you know, it, I think how we're stiff. How stiff when we. Like how- I think we're splitting hairs there is what I'm okay. saying. Like, like if you like 225, get 225. But don't come at me with you can't get that water out of a two-inch because we know we can't because it's not two-inch hose. It's bigger than that. We all know that. So
0: well, it's, it's the it's flow it, is the flow. It's how it's going to behave. I mean, did we, we, yes. we, we just went through a trial with inch and a half, you know, a, a back a, a backdoor thing down at HROC, you know. Um, you know, with the objective, can it flow? This, yeah, well, sure, the hose can, but is it manageable at that point? You know, what's what's happening at the nozzle position? And it
3: wasn't. It absolutely no, wasn't. no.
0: What, you know, you get to a point where you're asking. You know, you can flow whatever you want based on the velocity of the water. It's not that it won't flow. It is 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 it effective for a nozzle firefighter? So and back you
1: turn to, it into on. a stick of concrete at some point, right? Well, yeah,
0: and I mean, there, you know, there's my my CPR is confident to pursue reality. I don't care what size line you're dealing with. it it has to be adequate flow for the fire you're going to but it has to be manageable for one by one firefighter even if it's a big line you know i mean i I can throw easily flow well over 300 on a two and a half by myself as can anybody else if they know how to do a stationary knee pin and you know a a, a stationary hit with a big line um versus somebody who goes to a ton of work you know that needs a 250 or above flow that needs mobility uh, and that's what you evaluate. It's not. There is no one answer for everybody. It has to be based on what you go to and what your world is. And as, especially, the you know, biggest wild card is the limitations of people, right? You know, it, there's there's not a boss out there that's listening right now that hasn't looked in the back seat, knowing they're going to a job and been like, oh my God, we're gonna freaking lose today. You know, you got <laughs> you got you got to take people into consideration here because it's a big part of it.
1: So let me hit you with this. This is me digging in a little bit. And, and, and Joey Hayes just posted a, a comment that scrolled by. And everybody loves Joey Hayes. He's my favorite ginger in the whole world. Um, <laughs> maximum maximum efficient flow. So, Steve, you guys rock the two inch, yes? What's your maximum? Yes. What you consider efficient flow? 240. Okay.
3: 240. And I can I could, I could over pump that by 10 and it's still absolutely manageable. I, I can go 250 and it's absolutely manageable when it's got smack to it. I mean, it's got velocity, it's got penetration. And again, it works for us. It's not my answers and my me, me and Brian going back and forth between two, two, five and two inch. Doesn't mean a damn thing. You have to figure out what works for you. Right. Is there a case for both? I absolutely believe there is a case for both. Um, but for us, the two inch with an inch, inch and a sixteenth, we have had really, really, really good success with it.
1: Especially pumping it at that two forty and not. Yeah, two
3: forty seems <clears> like the <throat> wheelhouse. I know uh, some guys like it just a tad hot, around two fifty, and and it, it's got smack. I mean, yeah. it's got smack to it.
1: You got to have some lead in your ass if you want to handle it. Getting to a certain point.
3: Yeah I, yeah, I mean, but it's it's is it any different than you know you're looking at nozzle reaction? You're looking at 98 with a two and a half, right? At two sixty five, two forty, or like at 89, something like that. So all trade-offs. Ten pounds, yeah. right? That ten right. pounds matters when we're an inch and three quarter, but all of a sudden it doesn't matter with bigger lines.
0: Well, you know, let me let me take an advocate position there only because Brian is not talking, So let me speak his his thing here sooner <laughs> you know, or, or later, you know, the, the friction loss of the smaller line becomes a thing. Right. So, you know, if you're on an outlet and, and you have if you have compromised pressure, it's designed for a two and a half inch line. You can't cheat that. Um, you can't cheat math you can you come up with an alternative that makes sense for you based on the frequency of fires that you go to or the potential of fires that you may go to absolutely is there a day you're still might get your ass handed to you of course there is but um without an understanding of especially in a standby pad what it was designed to give you the flow objective of that 250 gallons a minute and how you might be able to cheat it a little bit um that that comes f- with you know test and evaluation right and you know uh, the majority of the people we're not talking about are, they, w- w- you know, they're not worried about two inch or 2.25 or two and a half. They, they're using an inch and a half or an inch and three quarter with a hundred psi fog miles. So the problem's a little bit bigger than what we're talking about. Beautiful. Brian, any rebuttal? I don't want to cut you off.
2: No, man, I'm good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably actually
3: won and he didn't win. He had Edwards do his dirty work.
1: Uh, speaking of Edwards, because this is the next question coming at you, uh, ask Steve and Jerry about the test with the deck gun at the hotel training. I don't know if this is a setup or not. I don't
0: know. It's just... no, I think that's a legit question. Okay. Um, I'm okay. always worried, so thank you for saying that out the gate. No, Steve, let me lead, and you can fill it in. You know, yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah. We, you, Stevie had a concept, you know, and we've been playing this. We played with a little bit of at truck. It's and testing too. You know, stacking some old style sh- longer stream shapers, and you know, it was all we were we were doing an alternative attack portion of our track, and. And it was, you know, what kind of reach and elevation can you get if you pull up with a three-man company or three-firefighter company, you know, on something that's really rocking fire to make a difference in a short period of time do you get some help? Um, you know, and, and you know, we, we're, we're still tweaking it. You know, I, there's no data to publish right now, but I think it's viable. You know, Chicago's done a big water hit for a long time. Forever. And These ideas Forever. came from them. So it's just, you know, how can we, you know – the unfortunate thing, and, and this has come, I, I think that the complacency of the fire service, you know, everybody, you know, has has a, you know, a triple or a quad stack on their deck gun and they keep that inch and three-eighths or inch and a half tip on there for their nice quick hit, you know, when they happen to be on the perfect angle on the A side, not blocking the truck to do a nice blitz attack, right? Um, what, 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 what do you do when it's more than that and you're by yourself, right? So, uh, that's what we were playing with it was an alternative attack it was it was basically r&d steve was it not i mean we're playing with oh I, you
3: know, we, we, we 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 were wrong several times
0: we we were standing. but that's how it all yeah. starts that's how you get changed yeah. so it was how can we be better with a with a with a man or you know a, a staffing level comp, compromised company on a fire where we we need to make a difference up you know six seven eight nine ten floors uh, that's, that's what drove it. Uh, I'm intrigued by the entire thing. Are we going much further with it? Absolutely. I can guarantee you that, you know, we're already building trips on bacon high rises and, you know, in Chicago and other cities, uh, Stevie's cities in Columbus to, to, to get this thing on paper and make it work as a, bio, a viable option.
2: I think Dennis also brings up that point of, you know, the, the effectiveness of a stream is volume placement and then also velocity, velocity, you know, to be able to punch through that. And I mean, that's, that's, that's really the, the the additional thing that you guys are experimenting with when when it's uh, to a fixed apparatus, your, your nozzle reaction isn't a concern. And I think a lot of that deck gun, um, a lot of that deck gun limitation was because of that phase in generation where those deck guns came off the rigs to those portable bases. And yep, they, they Those they, are they the used, most
3: dangerous thing in the world.
2: Yeah, they did not want apparatus the- operators pumping those things at greater than than 80 pounds nozzle pressure, yeah. but. Uh, we leave them to the rig. We start getting into portable ground monitors, uh, uh, lower volume but better placed. Uh, then we can get those fixed uh, monitors on the rigs, not portable, and start to really, really crank up that uh, that nozzle pressure and and start to improve that uh, that velocity as well. I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about the direction that velocity play goes with uh, fire streams. Yeah. Right.
3: Can I add something to that? Real Bring quick. it. I'm sorry. Uh, No, I, I think it's a great point, but I think there's a caveat to that. Before you go out and start flowing your deck gun crazy numbers, make sure you do the research on whatever deck gun you have and don't exceed the max pressure of what your deck gun's rated at. That's number one. And number two, if you have an extended gun that extends out, you also have to realize that that has a max to it. So do your research as we have before we start just throwing crazy numbers at your deck gun. Well, Robertson and Hurt said it was okay. And Brush, Brush said velocity. Well, no, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is do your research, understand what the max pressures are, and understand what you can and can't do with it before you just start throwing water to it. If that thing flies off there because you're over-pumping it, guess what? You're going to kill somebody. So. Do your research before you start digging into this, because I'll damn well guarantee we did. And nice I like also my, my buddy Jimmy Davis. Captain Jimmy Davis from Engine 43 in Chicago is also a huge part of this. And uh, I think it's going to be some good things down the road with it.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, you've heard me say it about 18 times so far. You know, you, you got to do your homework here. We, you know, we're messing with something that's, you know, guys are like, oh, my God, you, you know, it, it's like when I get on in 79, you know, You've heard me say it a hundred times. I learned three tip pressures, 50, 80, and a hundred. There was my world. Right? <laughs> 50, 50 smooth board appliances, 80, master streams, hundreds five tips. Go play fireman. Um, you, you go to somebody and say, I'm going to pump that deck onto 150. You're like, Oh my God, you can't do are going to break the fire engine. Well, you're not, you just have to understand the limitations to the equipment you're dealing with. But Brian mentioned that the, the biggest thing that drives this is, you know, that whole break apart deck gun thing where, you know that that five or six minute evolution. My God, I got to get up there. I disconnected. Where the hell's the ground base? You're hand jacking to a siamese or a Trimase or an LDH. You know, it's it just it. That's what the RAM is for. You get rid of that shit. But now take a look. Let's take let's take a look at that deck and say, what can we do it. How can we push it, right? How can we over pump this thing to our advantage? And you know, Dennis's velocity. I I, I love his work there because it it goes back to you know this it's this whole at automatic versus smoothboard thing you know the original concept of the automatic de- nozzle was designed for a master stream attack you know you you had a certain amount of water off the tank and then you got a supply so it opened up to allow you more volume, but it was still constant pressure you 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 were only getting a portion of it you know. Um, and we haven't even gotten into investigating that, you know, the differences between a stack tip or a smooth door tip and a fog on a high pressure situation. Because a fixed GPM fog over pump is going to exceed reach that an automatic would. Uh, because it's, you know, it, this is where it becomes a thing, right? It becomes what are our objectives? What are the limitations for the equipment involved? It becomes, okay, now we have a, 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 an objective on paper, We're not just going to go out there and pump the shit out of us because somebody said it was a good idea because you could, you know, you could blow a deck off the top of an engine real easy, like Steve said. So um, the fire service will benefit from the results of all this approach, but the approach will be extremely methodical. And it should be.
1: Nice. Nice. Okay. A few things to come. Rob Ramirez said. This is the Mega Scrap that will set the bar for all future Mega Scraps, which is pretty cool because he was part of the original Alpha and Bravo Mega Scraps. So that's that's a really big compliment to you three. Very elite company. Uh, macho. <laughs> macho AF. Um, Swank, Charles Swank, I posted a new link. I pinned it. It is the actual GoFundMe.com that someone sent me, not just the one to the link to the link. So a member, the goal is 82, 82, 82nd Airborne, Charles Swank, um, 100% man uh, click the link give the money it's a it's a massive thing thanks for bringing it up and then finally moving on to D.J. Stone one of my favorite two brothers that come out of Florida but um, he said is it volume or location and we kind of touched on this so I we can segue what are the studies saying as opposed to your experience volume versus location your experience versus the studies and if you want clarification please let me know both both one word answer from everybody.
3: Yeah, that's I mean, I mean, pretty open ended.
2: Yeah, Dennis. I, I, I mean, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Dennis sets it up. I mean, volume placement and velocity. I mean, it's just like it's. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's it. I, yeah, that's it. You still, you still. The answer is yes.
3: Well, more GPM the BTUs is the end of the day. I mean, that, that's placement is part of that. Velocity is part of that. It, it, it's all. You know, and I'm going to dive into this for a second. Nope. I think I think we have failed the last five years, four years, whatever it's been, as instructors. I think I know I have failed when we start talking about attack packages of water and everything else. We have absolutely not included, and I don't know why we did it, other than we didn't dig deep enough early enough. The UL information about surface cooling and gas contraction. How is surface cooling and gas contraction? Do we throw in adequate volumes of water to do that? Because the studies have shown now that that is a direct increase in survivability. We have failed as instructors that are teaching this subject to not include that as part of the consideration of what we're doing. And I truly believe that we need to do a better job of, If if there's people out there listening, they go, well, what the hell is gas contraction? What is surface cooling? We haven't done a good job with that, Corley. And you know what? Key stakes of those folks Hmm. put the information there, and we didn't take advantage of it. That's our fault. we got to do a better job of that. And and I think that directly goes into the the project Brian's doing, which is unbelievable work. And and Brian, talk about that, because that, that, to me, this, this segues right into that. Of what he's trying to accomplish, and that's saving victims' lives.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, you're being a little hard on yourself by saying that we we've failed people, man. It 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 just takes time to to process something and let it marinate a little bit. And I mean, and let's let's be honest, man. We're all we are all excited, and it's a lot of fun to fight fire. Uh, but the bottom line is the you know improving environments improves outcomes. And I think that that's what we're truly realizing with the fire stream stuff is it's it's not just knocking down heat. It's taking away fuel. It's getting that lift. You know, a lot of times we ask for uh, ventilation, but really we we just want lift and maybe flowing water will cause that. So um, I agree, Steve. It's 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 all in how we explain and articulate um, and, uh, you know, well-placed continuous fire streams improves environments and improved environments improve outcomes both for us and them. So flow water, flow it frequently, flow it freely. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs>
1: yes. Now I want to, cause this is a topic I'm throwing it right at, <laughs> right at Jerry um, integrating the science, man, integrating the science to today's hands-on training. Um, what are the hurdles for making this happen? The best way to make it happen. Uh, but, but basically incorporating the science and getting it out there. Because Steve touched on it. Brian touched on it. Now I'm throwing it to you, Jerry. And here's the deal. I'm going to throw it to you. And then I am, am taking a 30-second, be right back. I call it the Todd Edwards break because that's what it original is. You
0: just want me to see all the good joy are gone. I got it.
1: You got it. It's all you. You're the host now. You're the we captain need, now. <laughs> we need one of those motorcycle
2: <laughs> catheters to sponsor the scraps. So you can just, okay. Well, I have I, a I, tiny bladder. It's
3: not my fault. I'm holding on as long as I can because I'm not peeing until Brunch does you, you, hey, that's, a, that's a
0: competition, Carly. I got the ball. You take <laughs> Okay, up, bro. okay. This is all I want. Somebody get me a whiteboard and a, and a marker. Yeah. Um, the the challenge, I think, and it goes back to what we said earlier about you know what we kind of trialed it in Columbus. Uh, uh, we we just did we just recently did a foray over into to the European market where we did a hands on event uh, with, with with a standpipe behind it. Um And you know, one of the things of value, one of the reasons we wanted UL involved was, you know, we're, we're dealing we're, we're dealing with different target flows uh, in 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 other parts of the world uh, that are different than ours, and I wanted a concentration myself on the total amount of water flowed on an event as opposed to this obsession with the gallons per minute, all right? And, and Steve said it earlier, and I, I use this analogy, you know, it's like a chess game. There is no check. You're either winning or losing. I, I get that. But what I think the value of the science is telling us, especially in a residential, you know, compartments, um, you know, I mean, a room and contents fire is, is, is that, okay? I mean, a creative truck guy with a can can probably hold a room. It's, it's when it's more than that. But the value of the science and the approach to the seat, and then the culmination of the attack, uh, it's the total water that was used. I think that's a value that we have to understand. Um, I I don't, and this is where it's a double-edged sword for me personally. I don't want, I don't want the, the, the end result of that knowledge being, oh, I can flow 95 gallons a minute and it'll be okay. But when you look at a well-off fire with multiple rooms and a, you know, and, and a heavy you know, heat-laden hallway for the approach or a townhouse with multiple floors off and the total water consumed for a knockdown is you know, under 400 gallons a minute, that's valuable information. But it comes down to placement and the other things that we we're talking about. If you have the correct attack package, you can get water to the fire, you, you've got the win. Um, the dangerous part, I, and that's where I value the science. Right, uh, the dangerous part of that is, you know, some things that have happened historically. If everybody taking that as the cut and paste is, that's my solution for everything. You know, it's like transition attack. Oh, that we're going to do that on everything. Well, no, it, it's a tactic that may be to your advantage at one point in time, um, but not necessarily in another. But the value of the science to me is to understand the total water amount needed to suppress the environment. So, you know, all the years I was a boss or a chief, you know, I, I was always looking for the, the radio comment I wanted to hear was knocked down, right? We got a thing knocked down. And, you know, there's still a ton of work after that to do, but you need to, you need to control progressive fire growth. And, you know, in a residential setting that doesn't take as much water sometimes as you think it would. Uh, and I think the science supports that. I, you know, my personal opinion is the overwhelming majority of dwelling fires are put out with a single line in tank water. Uh, you'll, you'll have multiple lines laid, and, we're, you know, we're obsessed with this whole supply thing, and you got five-inch and freaking helicopters and, you know, tanks and all this other shit. But, uh, excuse me, I, I went sideways. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's tank water. Get it in the right spot and understand what the water can do. So I think the science is helping us to better understand that with total water float as opposed to GP Emperman. Solid.
1: Anybody want to add? Because I'm coming in, not quite sure everything Jerry said.
2: Next question.
1: Next question is this. It comes from <laughs> Just, Justin West. Did
2: I, did
0: I cover it that well? Oh, my God.
1: You, you did. You did well. Completionist. How would I go about changing a preset policy at my department? In my department, our calculations are done wrong, and we exert firefighters when one presses the preset. How should I approach this?
0: Get Who wants it, Paulie? Get rid of Paulie because that's your problem. with preset Paulie? <laughs> or his name could be Petey. Yeah, I attack presets all over uh, all the time. Uh, it, I, it's complacency.
2: I go find it. I find it funny that. Uh, if I if I asked a, if I walked into a firehouse of ten guys and I said hey, you guys want an all electric fire engine, they'd say hell no I can't trust that thing, but they'll step off the rig at a fire and hit preset and go to smoke their cigar or whatever the hell it, it's like, and just it it's not reliable. Uh, you didn't set it. I mean I'm I'm not saying do a full on friction loss calculation, but but know what you're going for and at least. Confirm that the preset is what your target is. Just pressing a button blindly is—it's is dangerous. So you want to fight the policy, then you know, point to the safety and 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 that side of it.
1: I love it, Westbrook Tier. We are looking at doing a tiller spec for our truck company. Any Next reason? Question. <laughs> any reason? Not to take off the pre-plumbed waterway for the aerial to get more sight lines for the tillerman.
3: I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm with you. I'm way out of my scope.
2: Anybody? I'm just throwing it. Uh, Contact Rob Fisher at (laughs) QuintLover.com.
1: Solid. That's what you get. All right. Stephen Negley says, Orlando Fire Department just got rid of our two and a half inch lines with the inch and a quarter tip. 328 gallons per minute we now have the two inch with the inch and 16th inch uh 240 gpm is there an in-between line before we go to our ram 500 gpm we love the two inch with the inch and 16th tip so we're back to the hybrids but just getting your thoughts again i'm catching up on a lot of audience questions
3: i in my opinion and brian i'm sure you got a different little bit different that's okay but in my opinion if you're running a hand line, two forty to two sixty-five, that's where you're at. And then we're going big water. I mean, if it's if if the fire is over that, if it's over that that 260, 240, 265 range, you need a ramp. But like like we're, we're we need a smack and then go get it because obviously if, if we're beyond that scope of, of that two forty to two sixty-five range. We need big water with velocity to to hit it in the mouth and re- kind of give us a heads up, buy us some time. That, that's my two cents worth.
2: I think it's a I think it's a little bit of a shame that 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 happened because I mean I, the, the inch and a quarter tip is is a big boy, you know. I mean I, it's it's a it's it's awesome. Um, I think maybe they missed the opportunity because we do feed our rams with the two and a half. We feed our rams with the two and so a half. half, and we use the inch and a half in. in uh, uh, tip so um you know i maybe they could have gone to an inch and an eighth tip for attack on their on their two and a half made it a little more more comfortable and then still use that diameter hose line to feed their rams you know we run the inch and three sixteenths and then the ram with the with the inch and a half so we can go from that 300 to 600 range with that single uh, hose line but yeah when you're in the two inch man i, I don't you would be real hard pressed to even get that uh, get that ram going at anything beyond. I, I think what he's saying is there's
3: something in between the two inch and the ram, and that's the two sixty five. Not using the two inch for the ram, they're still using two and a half, I believe. No. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, is there something between two sixty five and three and a quarter range? They were. I I, I don't see it. I mean, to me, not beyond a, that, it's
2: not not in a two inch line. I mean. the, yeah, yeah. The, the the two
0: and a half to the three sixteenths or the inch and an eighth. Yeah, the, the two—that's the, what the two and a half is for, right? You know, I, I you know, I I got to, to to interact with Orlando a little bit on some of their changes. You know, I think I think it was a mobility issue compared to what they were using. I don't think they sacrificed one for the other necessarily. Uh, you, you you can go, you know, for the fire that that needs it, the intermediate hose line, but does does it replace the two and a half or the three? No, it does not. No it's solid many
1: i mean that, that,
2: you
0: know we talk about i I think it's kind of interesting we we use that
2: intermediate line terminology kind of misplaced you know I, I honestly think the the two and a half is probably by definition the intermediate line because it can feed a a hand line or it can feed an appliance. you get into a three inch it's not a hand line you get into two and a, a two inch two and a quarter it's not going to feed appliances the right. two and a half'll feed a hand line it'll feed a FDC. f d c it'll feed a ram i um, mean it's it's a, it's a utility player.
0: Maybe we need a better definition into the exponential engine approach. He's gone.
1: He said. <laughs> For those that aren't aware, he said brush wins. Steve has to piss.
0: You know, I, I think all of this, you know, it, it's bantering. You know what it is. We all have our favorite things, right? But right. What, Corley, really what it comes down to is do your homework. Mm. You know, don't don't copy somebody because you thought it was a really good idea. You know, and there's the double edged sword of social media. We love it. It's great. It's changed the fire service um, in, in most cases for the better. But the cut and paste solution, you can't bypass getting deep on this stuff. You know, you, uh, Brian, go back to when you were on the job in, in, in Metro. Right. And, and you reached out, you know, look at the quality of the people that you reached out to touch with that. You went U and E. Right. It, it, it was J. It was it was Chief McGrail. And then did you take hook, line and sinker what they said? No, you took it as a resource and you did work. And to this day, it stands as probably one of the best, most comprehensive studies I reference consistently um, because you did the work. You utilized your utilized your network and you brought in resources to give you input, but you drew a conclusion that made sense for your job and your reality. Yes. So CPR was your mantra. You just, just didn't know what it was then. That's all. now you know.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I will
0: say I this. I absolutely it, agree,
1: though.
3: Brian, Brian's study, I, 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 it, it was absolutely awesome. I mean, keep top you're, touching,
0: you're not on camera. What the hell's going on here?
3: Oh, no, I, I, I'm in the fridge.
1: <laughs> he's got a, He's wireless. He's he's holding it. He's letting loose and talking to us all at the same time.
0: To Jerry's point,
1: it's a whole lot easier to hit like and get passionate about something. It's a whole lot harder to go out there and put the reps in to find out if it actually works. It.
0: Thanks, yeah. Buddy. Great summary. Because that's it, you
1: know? No, it is. And I got to I gotta throw this one at you because I loved it when I saw it. It's from Jay Bonifield, one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, he says, engine company related question. Does Brumley look better with or without the
2: mustache? <laughs> that's a that's. It's not about be, better or not. He, he looks like uh, he looks like he can buy a beer with the mustache. He looks like. That's he can't right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope he's
2: still. I in mean, that, pretty good. Brumley's the man. Good. I mean, that, he's he's a good guy. He, I he like is, Jonathan a lot. He he's sharp. a great dude. Sharp, All right, from Kyle
3: at FBIC last year and did a phenomenal
1: job. From Kyle, Jerry, can you educate us on the CPR acronym you use when teaching? Because you've referenced it a few times, so go ahead for the for those who aren't I, familiar with it.
0: I can, and and Kyle, thanks for the nod there. I, I'm happy to share that. Uh, it, it goes on the board and everything I do. Uh, it was on the side of the wall. We just had, we had a hotel down in Alabama that Todd arranged. It was probably one of the best weeks of hands on training. Brutal for this trade hands on. But uh, uh, it's the conference to pursue reality. And and that means simply this. Don't get caught up in the hose size of the day, the nozzle of the day, and all this stuff that impacts you from a marketing standpoint. The reality is you need an attack package that has adequate water for the fire that you're going to based on the heat release rates. It needs to be manageable by one firefighter and it has to be spec to your weakest link. And what I mean by that is, I said it earlier, right? You can have your merit badge and being a badass and you're still going to get your butt handed to you if you're not flowing enough water. Every single one of us on here and that's watching has been pushed out of a fire because we made a poor choice. If you set up your attack package based on your rock stars and the A-team, Sooner or later, it's going to have an impact. Uh, So the reality is you have to spec it to your weakest link. And I I get it. I don't care how big your job is. There's just not enough outlying stations to hide these people at. Sooner or later, they're coming to a fire and and they could be on your six that day. And, you know, I always try and add a visual when I'm having these discussions in an instructional setting is, you know, here you got a story and a half wood frame with a center stair and, and, and there's two of you going in and there's a kid at the top of the stairs and the fire's wrapping the stairway. So one makes the grab and one's going to make a hit on the fire and make the hole so you can get the grab. Um, and, they, and they go full bail and they're rolling around like a weeble. You know, it, that ends well for no one. So you can't spec your attack package to the rock star the rock star can't be the rock star on open pavement. You know, I, I mean, I got 43 years in a firehouse. I I've never been to a freaking parking lot fire, but that's where we do all our testing. Um, so let's consider that the range to get us accurate. But, um, sooner or later it comes down to the reality of who can open bail hold a line and how does that relate to the people that you work with? And, and if it's, you know this is a very hard comment for people to accept there are certain people that shouldn't be on a fire engine you know uh it, don't compromise your target flow based on the limitations of your people achieve the target flow based on the fires that you go to and train them to that level or understand that some people shouldn't be in that position to begin with mm. <laughs> i i
3: jerry i want to add to that what when is the united states fire service going to stop changing we're changing what we need to do our minimum standards. We're dropping our minimum standards to our weakest link instead of bringing the weakest link up to the minimum mm. standards mm. And, and that doesn't that may take time. You know everybody loves as a boss getting the stud out of the academy. That's great. That's not the challenge. The challenge is getting a weaker young firefighter that you've got to bring up to that standard to meet your the standard of your crew. And, and it's just easier to sit back behind a keyboard and change policy than it is to deal with an individual or an issue to bring them up to the standard where they need to be to succeed. Mm. And I think we set people up for failure because of that.
0: Well, I, I would agree, you know, and, and and I appreciate Kyle bringing up the chance to answer that question. So th- there there it is in its epiphany, right, is the confidence to pursue reality. And your reality is different than mine or anybody else's or Corley's or Brian's or whomever's. But if you don't take that time to understand your reality and you use someone else's solution and expect it to be as successful as it was for them, you're setting yourself up for heartache and injuries. Um, so the CPR analogy is simply what it says. Pursue your own reality understand that somebody else's solution is not yours 15 16th in fdny with four guys on an engine and a boss that doesn't touch anything other than tell them what to do is not everybody else's reality if you're running two or three do you want less yeah is less enough for the fires you go to i don't know ask the question put it in your people's hands get them off the parking lot where everybody's a rock star put them inside and have them start climbing over you know piles of Laundry baskets and bookcases and things like we all go to in our real fires and see if it works. That's the reality I refer to when I say CPR. So um, people, people approach evaluation, trials and evaluations, unfortunately, sometimes very, you know, with a lot of tunnel vision. Um, they're not willing to look at themselves first before the engineer and equipment solution that makes sense to them. Beautiful.
1: Dude, uh, like there's so many people. There's your sound bite. Boom, boom. There's your sound. Bite. Excellent. Great point. Those are the kind of comments you're getting. And guys, we are over 300 comments on this scrap already, just so you know. Uh, Manuel Barra. Yes, absolutely. That's a nozzle drop, if you're wondering.
0: Somebody's um, going to build me one of them little meme things for that. I, I've been trying to get people to <laughs> do that forever. Somebody <laughs> making something is an XP. Brush could build anything. Under the ground. That's my nozzle drop. <laughs>
1: Manuel Barajas coming at you from uh, Texas. He says at Brian Brush. A lot of people don't actually call out a specific person, but he's at Brian Brush. Uh, and also he's going to be the guest next week on the Scrap. So a uh, little shout out for the next week's Scrap. Where do you rank the onboard flow meter as far as beneficial tools on the engine?
2: Can I first thank him for putting the foot on the gas? I mean, talk about a uh, talk about a guy who's highly engaged, doing good stuff. And, and I mean, man, the the future's right there in in this dude in a lot of ways. Uh, So keep your foot on the gas, brother, keep pushing. Um, I think with all the stuff that NFPA uh, requires, man, I I hope in my lifetime or, or a a near near future that uh, onboard flow meters for all, uh, active discharges is, is, is a mandate. Um, Amen. It, it Amen. Is, it's absolutely disgusting to me to think how many firefighter near misses line of duty deaths and w- more so civilian fatalities have been the result of, uh, of poorly, in, uh, interpreted static pressures and, uh, and chasing pressures. And it is, we have the technology, we have the, the awareness, uh, Onboard flow meters should be an industry standard on um, on any of our our discharges so that I don't know what else to say about that
1: I think that's pretty clear cut and dry anybody wants to, I mean I heard amen's from Steve
2: Go ahead. Well,
3: it, it, you know I think you go you go into that a little farther Brian you go back 10 15 years when electronic valves started and, and flow in and like flow meters started on trucks they weren't very good water and electronics don't mix well guess what you know, I, 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 we were teaching up in South Bend and we went to Elkhart's factory and Jerry took me through the whole new valve. And, and I'm looking at this thing compared to what you saw 10 years ago. Th- there is nothing that's even remotely the same. You know, being able to to calibrate these things with a magnet. And it's like, I mean, everything about this makes sense. And I support your comment 110%, brother.
2: I mean, we, we were lucky uh you know when we did our nozzle study that far back it, we we purely had onboard access to flow meters because it was part of the pre-plumbed uh, uh foam you know and it's so i mean I, I don't know it's uh it's something that i'd love to push for anybody on the the apparatus uh nfpa group uh definitely public comment time uh push for flow meters on on discharges
0: Yeah, I I would champion that as well. You know, I I made a comment on one of the uh, season one of Brass Tech, and you know, I had gotten some negative feedback on the comment I made when I said that the American Fire Service was pressure-obsessed and flow-ignorant, but that's how we were thumbprinted. You know, we're still, unfortunately, in many academies, taught this day to be pressure-obsessed and flow-ignorant. Pressure doesn't put out fires. It's an energy that delivers a flow that's required, Uh, you know, uh, take the next step, you know, make yourself a better firefighter. If the job doesn't teach you and you don't grab the passion to be an engine nerd or whatever, you know, just do enough more of your own personal understanding that guarantees the fact that you're going to go home at your end of your shift to your family. you know um, I, unfortunately, there, there's many fire departments I think that don't provide enough training for you to get that comfort level. That's what drove me early on. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with being that firefighter, uh, with all due respect for rank and seniority, it's okay to ask questions about things that are integral to you going home at the end of your, your tour or your yeah. fire. <laughs> That's a reality. Kyle Romagus asks,
1: Steve, if you could choose a topic for someone to talk about that has not been covered on brass tacks yet, what would it be? And who would speak on it? Alive, oh, wow. or, alive or not, because I like that last bit. All right. Wow, I'm wow, wow.
3: I, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was, okay, so don't say a word brush, but I was old enough to be at FDIC for Andy Frederick's uh, Don't Worry About the Nozzle kid hmm. uh, speech, his keynote. And I would love to hear his dissertation of Big Drops of Water. Um, live, I would love to hear that live as a lecture, not an article. Uh, you know, and I, I, I still, I never get tired, honestly, of of listening to Bill Gustin. Um, we we were with him at H Rock, sat through his class again, and I still took two pages of notes, and I probably sat through that same program ten times. Uh, we're we're in Brian and I, uh, Jerry. I'm not sure if you were with us, but. We slid up in his room and had a drink with him the last night, and he's got us cornered in the he's got us cornered in the kitchen. And what's he talking about? He's talking about how dangerous these ground monitors are, pulling them off the top. The same thing we were talking about earlier.
0: Yep.
3: He's had a couple launch. We got to stop these Stevie. Gosh damn it! Da 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 That that guy has forgot more than than I'll ever know. And I'm blessed to call him friend, and he answers the phone when I call because. I call it with a question, and I, I say, Captain, it's probably a dumb question. Shoot, okay, now let's go – I mean, that's just a, Ray McCormick, him, and, and Andy Fredericks, any of those three guys on any of those topics, any – Bill with systems, Ray, Ray is so versatile with the high-rise stuff. He's taught me more about high-rise stretches and adaptive high-rise stretches and make things work in um, not-so-great situations. Uh, you, you know, everybody's got their plan A when they go into a high-rise or even a regular fire. How often does your plan A work, Corley?
1: Right. Usually, no.
3: right, like like, being, and being okay with saying this isn't working, we got to change gears and, and relaying that, hey, we're going to plan B now. We're going to plan B and that's what's going to happen. So it, those three guys to me are – are the guys that I I really truly 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 look up to as, as true mentors and and um, again like I said I was fortunate enough to be there for that and it was absolutely impactful in my career.
1: Love it, hard to top, but I'll throw it at you, Brian. Go,
2: man. I um, you know I've I've certainly been influenced by a lot of guys along the way as far as. Uh, you know, early fire nuggets, guys, uh, people who we've interacted with through, through traveling and training and everything. When you say dead or alive, obviously we can bring back the legends, but I mean, I, I think when you, when you have people who've really put kind of fingerprints on the modern fire service and the new approach, uh, and I, I, I truly hope at some point we can convince Aaron Fields to get involved in this. Uh, I mean, uh, just, just a extremely intelligent, uh,
3: unbelievably organized
2: guy I mean from the mechanics to the to the mind um, I know I know it may not be their style but uh, but I hope that uh, going forward we have we have a, a little bit of a record of, of his in, in imprint on the fire service today
0: <clears throat> I love it Jerry well <laughs> from someone who's integrally involved in <laughs>
1: now you you get to make these decisions <laughs>
0: who goes up the facts You're, it's these are not easy decisions to make there's a lot of things to take into consideration um first and foremost being the broad demographic of the fire service as a whole you know uh and so when credence to that, you know, every time I'm I'm in the field and I do, you know, I have the opportunity or, or, or the uh, I'm blessed to have the chance to instruct people. Uh, I do a class demographic of how many are zero to five years or five to 10 or 10 to 15, 15 and 20 plus. And in the hydraulics arena and, and the effective fire stream, I found... I find consistently as many people that are on the zero to five, that are 20 plus, which tells us a lot about the relevance of the subject matter. So, you know, you know, Chris and I, you know, basically co-creating this entire thing, we have to look extremely deep into our target audience, which is extremely wide demographic, like I said, but, it has to be relevant and you have to have people that are going to appeal to every demographic within the fire service. Uh, those aren't easy decisions to make. So you want people that are extremely well experienced in the disciplines. You know, it's like when we did, you know, the, the pipe series, uh, you know, you're, you're bringing in the gurus but are the gurus from places where the majority of people work or is it more urban setting? You know, it's like, Oh my God, the, you know, the Denver fold versus the FDNY fold. It's, 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 it, it, that's right up there with smooth versus fog. So you, you don't want to play into that. You know, we're not, we're not looking for, we're not looking for collateral. that makes people, you know, click in and buy in because of that. We're much deeper than that. Uh, you know, the entire concept of the series Obviously and I hope most people realize this wasn't necessarily designed to sell a product it's designed to be a resource a white paper resource but in a, in a in a virtual format when you can add senses to something to try and relate a message to to someone you increase their comprehension you know significantly that's why we went video um, you know it's, we, we won't get too deep into brass tax hard facts that's a that's another scrap for you know you, me and Chris but uh, who goes on there and and who could benefit you know we're open to ideas send them to us you know send me an im or a text uh we'll we'll look at it um there's a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air when it comes down to who's on and and what our objective is uh brian i'm glad you brought up you know the aaron thing you know the the legacy the commitment to things that have been game changers to the fire service to us is extremely important um we tend to get caught up in minor details now it's like you know the two versus two and a quarter versus two and a half you know when i look back and you know one of my biggest battles in the 80s was god my god can i get a hood and a pair of bunker pants you know i'm wearing hip boots and a long coat uh that that's the reality factor and you have to tie all that into it so it's a challenge we're open to it um there there's not a there's not a textbook approach to who we put on um uh, but we're open to ideas send them to us
1: Love it, man. There you go. Three different answers and very uh, solid. Kyle Romagus, again, I love this guy. So, he said, Brian, can you take us through the evolution of the Fire by Trade host strap, the addition of the new blue strap, and where the people can get them?
2: I like the blue strap a lot. And I'd I'd love to, but I'd, I'd rather uh, rather not talk product. I'd rather okay. just no, talk to you uh, you know i mean I, I, the hose traps came out of a uh, a need to modify the and man to uh to to make sure that 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 uh, deployment could be an option for for poorly specced rigs and uh made, allowed us to throw it sideways do all this type of stuff so um it and it wasn't mine it was it was a west metro thing when we went you know after we did the hose loads we did the uh or after we did the nozzle study we did the hose loads and they were born out of that but I appreciate you, Kyle, but
1: Hey, uh, and I will be, say this, uh, I will say this, Brian. I love your deference, I love your deference, I love your your your, your sidestep, but I will never bring up something in a in a question that doesn't bring value to the American Fire Service. So please understand that. <laughs> so no the, the, the strap does. I wanna add
3: something to that. A lot a lot of people don't understand that Brian Brush and West Metro were the ones that changed this home. Mode everybody else like myself, he showed it to me. Well, we started playing with it. Then we started adapting it. Then we started tinkering with it. Then we took it vertical. Then we did this and we did that. This was Brian brush and his guys at West Metro started this thing. And all we did was latch on once he showed us and we, we've worked together with it as I've been a steward of it ever since we've run it since I, I found it. And, um, you're too damn humble sometimes brush because that that's a you it's a game changer you know when we're teaching this class that jerry was talking about all engine all day where we're running through every discipline of of, a, of an attack package the stretch and then the application with the science with keith stakes and ray with the ul stuff it's amazing that at the at the beginning i challenge students that by the end of the day i want you to be have the line on the ground charged face piece hood helmet gloves through the door in under one minute. Under one minute from the time we get out. We're getting stretch times just on a basic forward stretch. 15 to 20 seconds is an average. They're calling for water. That doesn't happen without a system. And the system you came up with effing works. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. It works, and then we modified it. We played with it. You know that. We played with it a ton. And, and I suggested anybody who's out there that uses it modify it for your rig, for your district, for your neighborhood. Right? There's so many things you can do with this load. Make it work for you. Here's the basics of it. Now, now make it yours and own it.
1: Love it, man. No, hundred percent love it. Uh, we're we're at an hour and a half, and it, yeah, I know I know we got a couple East Coast guys. And I got Brian, who's in my backyard, so that's okay. I can keep him up late. Not the point. My point is, I love this question here. It came from Jay Bonifield Again, one of my favorite people on the planet. I want to hear this because I love this question. Interested to hear these guys' thoughts on the UL multifamily burns where the flowing and moving inch and three-quarter advance stalled out and had to have an exterior hit soften things before they could finish it off. Any thoughts, changes you've made, or experiences you've had in this arena since an exterior hit while a crew is making an interior advance can be slightly taboo. Right?
0: Say say that again. You cut off We slightly what?
1: Slightly taboo.
0: Okay. Like
1: don't hit it from the outside while a crew's inside. You know what I'm saying? But now let me hear it. I want to hear it. It's a good question. A little
2: little bit of that is line of sight. I mean, I, think, I, mean I, I don't think that water application from the outside was, was at all in line with the approach. I, I, I,
3: can I add to that, Brian? I think this opposing streams thing that everybody freaks out is a bunch of shit. I think it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Where are the streams going? Line of sight is exactly what I mean. Um, we, we have a tendency to burn down, burn off a lot of roofs on apartment buildings. I'm a big fan of if the fire apartment's here, it's running the roof. It's in the attic, blah, blah, blah. Come from the opposite side. Hooks and water go a long way using the reach of your stream and angle. Truck opens this up, first line holds it. They go 10 feet, they do it again. The second line's following the truck. Boom, now they're holding that. And you march your way right down. Well, I've heard people say, well, you can't do that. It's opposing streams. My stream is up here. Like like that has absolutely zero to do with the stream that's on the main body of the original fire. So I I agree with you Brian line of sight of everything on opposing streams. Don't just take opposing streams as the worst thing in the world. What are where am I in proximity to the exterior hit? That's my That's my question. How close am I to where that exterior hits coming in? And if it's that bad, I'm probably not going to mind it a whole lot if i'm getting chased out of there that i can't move i'm probably not gonna mind water coming in yeah it's not going to be comfortable but at the end of the day if i'm getting chased out of there you got to do something that, that's it's again rocket science gallons per minute versus btus if you don't have enough you need more and that's the only way you're going to make it
2: yeah improved environments improved outcomes you know if we, if we got to take multiple approaches but I think that old school thinking it was more about opposing hose lines versus streams. Now, now you give your stream a target.
1: Is it really, just education.
0: Well, it's huh? I, it, it's to, to give a firefighter perspective here, which is you know my, my my value here is more as an SME and the effect of fire stream, but in my experience as as a firefighter and a boss uh it, it's a tactic that's utilized it's, co- it's it's coordinating you know uh interior attack with ventilation you know it, it's like the you know the boss on a line talking to the ov uh it's a tactic that can benefit you and if you're going to ves or a hot room before the doors close a quick shot at the ceiling can make your dog damn day without a doubt that doesn't mean that the interior team isn't pushing the stairs on the inside but you know get your shit together and make calls based on the situation. That you know that's presented to you and stop looking for a one, you know, one thing is not for every fire. Uh, It's based on the competence of the person that's calling the shots at a fire and coordinating something that's gonna benefit the objective.
3: You 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 know, know, Corley, to add to that, it's awareness. If I know where Brian's operating on a hose line, common sense prevails a lot in this, guys. Communication and common sense. If I know where he's operating and I'm coming from the other side, I'm in my 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 nozzle guy's ear. And I'm telling, hey, you got a crew operating down to the right. Make sure we're aware of that. Like like I mean I think we're so short sometimes as company officers. Like you can use your brain a little bit and make some tactical decisions from the inside, even if we're coming from the other way. If you're aware they're there. Take note of that and do the right thing.
1: Love that, man. The coordination, communication. Oh, man. Okay, I want to throw this at you. And we're winding down. We're, we're pushing two hours. I, I really want to throw some more stuff at you. But Kelsey Trotty said, a question I get a lot from others. Thoughts on mixing high-performance hose like a Sniper with a lower-quality hose like an Eco-10 have had several people ask me if there's a way to mix the two with a low-pressure nozzle? Just thoughts. I just like the question because it's kind of out of left field, but a lot of people who don't understand packages and putting them together, it's just good information. Go.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me lead with this one, only because I did it in my Wally house and quite successfully. We had some crap posts, and, uh, you know, when first when TrueID first came out, we, we went into three-quarter for the lead length, uh, primarily driven by finances. We couldn't afford to do it all um the objective was to get uh better performance on the nozzle position on the inside you know majority of our work is 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 residential wood frame so you know a single stick inside was a game changer we we were looking for capability uh with the nozzle firefighter by themselves uh it worked um i i i think it's something that should be considered sometimes it's financially driven um you know, the big line, uh, we, we ended up going. You know, I tried two and a Troy Day 2.5 is a game changer with respect to hand feel and that type of thing. But uh, the, the lead length being something different than your your, your, your full complement, whether it's a 150, or 200, whatever your pre connects are, however your stretch, uh, can be a game changer. So, you know, the reality is there is what's going inside and where do we need it to work? Uh, does it take away the ability that we got to be mindful of, you know, kinks outside? No, it doesn't. Everybody should be looking for a kink. I don't care what your rank is. Never walk by a kink. They kill firefighters. But uh, to to us, it was a game changer. Eventually we, we filled out the entire stretch with it, you know, based on finances, but uh, the lead length inside makes sense to us. I,
2: I think it should be only done for a period of attrition. It, I mean, it's just, that's it. It you shouldn't purposely be mixing, uh, hose qualities especially in the smaller diameter if you're if you're in the same diameter line you 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 get a couple lengths put them up put them behind the nozzle i'm all for it but and you see swings in the smaller diameter lines of as much as 10 psi and friction loss um, guys will load them however uh, the the thermal protection at the higher quality hose. so don't be purposeful about this because dudes are messing around with it on the internet. You know, Determine what you need to go to, and, and if it takes you longer to phase the other stuff out, it takes you longer to phase the other stuff out. We don't want to delay putting in a, a good a good line that's going to be inside. But
0: yeah. And make it make, make, make another color. Make it obvious. I right. mean, you you right. can't afford the mistake.
2: Yes. Beautiful.
1: All right. Vigilante, question of the week. Comes from Jim Platt. This comes from the vigilantes. He says, our agency is starting down the rabbit hole of hose, nozzles, and attack packages with recently purchasing the Elkhart flow meter kit to start with. He says, where do we go from here? I do not want to exhaust the members with data, but I want them to understand what we are finding and doing. So how do you balance like that, that ate up being nerded out and having the tools to do it with Getting guys who aren't as and just buying in. Uh,
2: go, uh, to, go to a know your flow class and, and get the terminology, get the format. Um uh like find find some structure to it so you can be consistent and and articulate it well.
0: Yeah. I, Don't I forget
3: brass tacks too. I mean, brass tacks oh. has everything and anything on it for reference
0: it's, it's, it's a huge resource but I, I i think you know you know i mean this is, guys this is a, a large part of what i do for a living right define what your objectives are if your objective is a target flow with a certain nozzle reaction or below then that becomes the objective and build your trials based on that if you've, you've, you've purchased the tool okay you've, you've purchased the MythBuster. you've got the gauges you've got the the flow meter that's that's not going to give you a solution that's going to help you get to it um what you're you 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 will have the ability to quantify loss where it needs to be, uh, identify accuracy where it needs to be. Um it's not the tool that's gonna bring you to the conclusion, it's a piece of what's gonna bring you to the conclusion. Uh accuracy is is incredible, but you know, I I mean it's I teach a class that's that's solely based on nothing I've had of how to structure a committee for change and 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 objective and subjective input and benchmarks and such so define what your objective is clearly differentiate the difference between objective and subjective input uh one does not replace the other the objective and the data points that you gain toward the objective need to be supported by subjective input be very careful how you structure your committee in my experience you want a good breadth you want new are chargers on their phone constantly challenging. You definitely want a a couple dialed in engine bosses. You definitely want some senior people. Uh, Breadth in that committee is going to make sense when you start to present a case for change. Um, The PowerPoint package can be pretty, but you might want to choose the senior man uh, who's got some relationship with, you know, the higher ups to make the presentation based on his subjective support of it. So uh, it's much it's much more than you think. Um, be methodical. Approach it correctly. Don't have it be slight, in my opinion. Don't have it be slighted in one way or the other. Otherwise, right. not all senior, not all junior. If it's all junior hard-charging guys and you present to the senior people, you're going to lose.
1: Right. I love yeah. that. I love the. I love the balance of it. All right, I'd like to ask people, and you guys get one each. I've never limited books because I love books, but I'm saying one each. One book that you think firefighters should be reading. It does not have to be a firefighter book. I don't care where it comes from. It could be a Agatha Christie mystery novel for all I care. I want to hear what books you think firefighters should be reading. I'll start with Jerry.
0: Well, this is a tough one. It's, uh... It's not a fire book. Um, I would suggest that people, and I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody who looks to create change or influence people and become a boss and, and, and have a personal plan to exceed themselves in the job. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, we'll teach you a lot about having discussions with people and the transfer of enthusiasm that's needed to bring people uh, to a common place of thinking. Um, and, uh, so that that would be the book.
1: Dude, it's one, of my top five, one of my top five books of all time. I love that book. So uh, the other two have, have quite a bit to live up to. Steve, I'll go to you next.
3: Uh, not a fire book either. I think I threw all those out the last time I was one, but... Um, <laughs> We were soldiers once and young. Mm. Uh, a Vietnam era book about the Idrang Valley. And it, it's how uh, more. Uh, and, and, and if you want to talk about leadership and how yes. he embraced the worst possible time and how he kept his folks together doing it, that is an incredible book. Um, it's not a hard read, but it is a read. Once you pick it up, you won't put it down. Yeah. It's an incredible story. Number one, it's true, but number two, it's it's true. He's got some true leadership nuggets in there.
1: There there you go. So you got boom, boom, and Brian. What do you got?
2: Man, I I love to read and write and all that stuff. Um and I could give you a million books, but the the book that made me love to read again. It was about 15 years ago when I was recommended to read Deep Survival. That mm-hmm. one kicked it all off for me. So,
1: Gonzalez, I, yeah,
2: yeah, read that one, and then I just wanted to read uh, constantly after that. So that's that's a good good catalyst book for a, a lot of deep dives on a lot of different stuff.
0: I love I, it. I'm so glad you asked that question because out of the entire panel, there wasn't a single tactical book about the fire service. <laughs> Let's understand that we're all just people.
1: You bunch oh, but you to nerds.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we are that we're my stuff, closing stuff. comment, because I know we're <laughs> headed to a hard stop is, you know, especially on in the instructional circuit, you get these people, I call it the celebrity chef syndrome. Sometimes you just get a little too much into who you think you really are. Bottom line is, you know, we're, we're all just firefighters. Some of us excel in a certain area and have a subject matter expertise that we've challenged ourselves to be a resource for. Um, but really when it comes down to it, other than the tactical application of things, what's our biggest single resource? It's our people. And if you don't know how to deal with people, you're you're gonna fail. <laughs> Especially as a boss. Hmm. I mean, and everybody on this thing right now is a boss or has been. Uh, you know, you've had good days and you've had bad days, have you not?
1: Right on. Right you on. Know. Okay. I'm going to close this out strong. Normally I do five questions for firefighters, mega scraps. They don't really, you got three guys, five questions, and 15 questions. It turns into a long drawn out thing. Is everybody That's and another then, two hours. No, yeah, absolutely. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say each person gets, you got three people here. So you only get to ask one person, one question. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do it alphabetically. I don't even know what's that. That's a B I'm going off. First names, J and S. So, Brian, you could ask one of these other guys one question, and they got to answer. Oh no! Come on! And then, then it's Jerry <laughs> gets to ask one question, and then Steve gets to. Ask. So, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I've never done this before. It's it's completely spur of the moment. Brian Brush, you could ask one question as we close out. Mega scrap Charlie.
2: Steve, what are you going to miss the most when you retire? Mm. Oh. <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know probably the guys I, I, I have such good people um, they have absolutely bought in to everything I want to do they love it they they continue it and, and probably just you know working in the low income area helping people and uh, helping people that that need truly need help every day and um, is there bullshit with that absolutely but we really get to help people every day and and that that I'll probably struggle the most with is not taking runs where you're truly helping people I would say that's the most
1: I will say this hey here's the other thing I didn't add it needs to be a question where the uh, answer is completely their opinion. And the points are arbitrary assigned by me. Max Point, Steve Robertson, thank you. <laughs> uh, Jerry, your
0: choice. Oh, God, this is dangerous for me. Uh, I'm not going for Stevie because... Uh, no. <laughs> uh, can brush spell Petaluma? What? Ken <laughs> brush spell Petaluma? Yes. <laughs> no, that was planted. Uh, this is a tough question for me. Um, I'm going to Brian. Uh, only because I admire you for uh, your your approach to being a resource to the fire service has evolved as your rank has gone up. And you and I have had countless late night Marlboro conversations about this. Um, I admire you for for you being able to instruct and present within your personality. Uh, And that's very important to me. And someone who is a student of the psychology of instruction, uh, as I am, I know how important that is. Um, I guess my question would be, when you do hit a point where you walk away can you really walk away or is there an after (laughs) what Steve said
2: no man I'm I'm uh I'm hoping to be like an asteroid and just freaking go from bright and shiny to zero it's scary
3: (laughs) I'm not kidding you right now fellas I got like three years left it's scary it's I, it's a legit thing that's in your head every day going to work.
2: Yeah, I no, don't man. I I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm I think I'm just learning uh, how to learn. I think I'm just learning how to how to reach people. I mean, you you go through these these evolutions, and and the world is changing. Uh, the students are changing. The information is changing. The environment's changing. So I mean, I I, I just I just hope that I'm like I said in it doing it. Speaking it, I mean, we saw Gustin. <laughs> I mean, like there, there is plenty of examples of of keeping the foot on the gas uh, until your last day. Um, the the shit thing that we're, we've realized is it could be tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, it's thirty years from now. But uh, and uh, yeah, keep firing your life, baby, in your at home and and, and at work.
1: I'm um, not sure. I'm not sure. I appreciate the question, Jerry. As far as this the, the introspection involves, but max points one hundred percent and on the answer and the question. So, final final question, Steve.
3: Uh, and Brian is legitimate, and, and you know, I respect the hell out of you and what you do, and, and I'm blessed to call you a friend. I truly mean that. What drove you to? dive as deep as you have into the firefighter rescue survey and, and what got your mind going, because I believe it was absolutely brilliant for you to tie that back to the war years. And, and we really haven't made change. And and I'd love to hear that because I'm, I'm telling you, I think you're on to something that is absolutely earth shattering to the United States Fire Service when they get a hold of it, because I think you're a hundred percent right. And you're, you're five years ahead of everybody else being right and changing everything and how we operate. Yes. And I'm just curious what, what, what started you down that path and, and, and what drives your brother? Cause I'm telling you, it's good stuff.
2: Uh, you know, I mean the, the rescue survey wasn't me, you know, it was guys who, um, uh, who wanted to know, it's just curiosity and, and, uh, you know the rescue survey is all about uh, how rescues are 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 going down and and how we can be better with them. And what's amazing is is now we're to a point where even the search studies reference in it. And uh, I mean it it is great information. And I I latched onto it. I got involved in it and started to think how impressive it was. But you know what stuck with me was well well how how many are we doing? And uh, I think that's. That's the absolute heartbreak is uh, we, we can correlate safety. We can say that, you know, citizens are safer today because, um, because we're going to fewer fires or whatever. But um, you can quantify saves. And I think that the, the future of our existence and our staffing and everything is saying that, um, you know, there's a, per- there's a perception that we make a difference every day in our communities um, but until we put it down on paper and start showing people we we, we really can't uh, can 't prove it so um, I, I hope that we can flip the narrative on on fewer fires meaning meaning that everybody 's safer. I hope that we can flip the narrative that uh, fewer fires means we don 't need to pay attention to them. I think the warriors they didn 't have the the ability to go inside um, and and do what we can do today, and uh, all these blessings of equipment and technology and information. Um, I, I think if we frame it right, we can really start putting it to work and, and making a difference. So,
1: Boom. And there it is, man. That's what I call max points for, <laughs> I don't know what, mega scrap, the, the mega scrap, the guests ask each other questions, whatever you want to call it. We're going to figure out a cool thing because that's the first, I mean, I actually thought of that. Yeah, th- that was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of because I love you guys asking each other those questions and answering them. Um
2: one hundred I'm, I'm holding back a little, Steve. I got I gotta save the uh the, the big no, <laughs> I, know, for, I you know. know. I didn't mean I didn't mean that.
1: I didn't wanna I didn't wanna We're talking about walkout music right now? No, it, wasn't, it was you no know,
3: it's gonna be F D I C baby.
1: Hell yeah.
3: Hell yeah no brush.
0: Hell yeah. Hey, you know Brian. Brian, keep, Brian, be careful! You don't want to give it all up. There might be, or you know, you might be the first times two on fucking brass Tax, hard facts. Oh, Excuse me, I just—I'm <laughs> not allowed to do that. Were you, yeah. Brian, were you not the first? You know what? I, I, think, uh,
2: I think the the connection's breaking up. Uh. Yeah.
0: Now again, static. I'm sorry, I didn't copy that. I was canceled. Sorry. All right.
2: I can't copy.
1: Get officially, copy, 170 scraps in the books. I'll go real fast. Thank you, Jerry Herbs, Brian Brush, Steve Robertson. Unbelievable, man! Unbelievable. I would do I'm this done. every week if they were this good. Uh, if the audience wants to get a hold of you, best way to do it, Jerry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh say that again what was the question best way for the audience to get a hold of you uh oh, reach out to uh,
0: any, any social media platform you know uh uh, I, uh facebook i am instagram um i'm on them all uh god forbid worst thing got god get on the elkhart press website and find me my email uh <laughs> reach out you know uh our our people are extremely approachable because that's the way we work um i'll give you the only company plug i'll give you the entire night is uh we're all about interacting with our end user people, so reach out. You know, uh, We're there for you. If it's not going to be me as a resource, I will put you with the right person. Love it. Brian, people want to get a hold of you. How do they do it?
2: BrianEBrush at gmail.com. Right on. That's Eugene. God, Brian
1: me Eugene, just so you know. <laughs> Brian Eugene Brush. All right, Steve.
3: Uh, stretching for success
1: on Facebook
3: or uh, CFD Robertson at gmail.com. Also, CFD Robertson on Twitter. Uh, again, enjoy. I never, I never not enjoy talking to these guys. We we have a great time together, and we're all blessed to, to be able to travel the country and meet great people and and hang out and and, and we try to fo- solve every problem in the United States Fire Service every time we're together.
1: Really, <laughs> the only the only disappointment I had in the whole mega scrap was the lack of mom jokes. Like, that really is it. <laughs> we'll so, work on it.
3: We're going to work on it.
0: Your pre the text would have excluded me because I was not hopping in on That, that just yep. started right well, off the bat.
3: Corley, Corley, when you asked for my bio, I said just ask Brush's mom. <laughs> Your man <I>, do scrap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I'm I talking about. Uh, there it is. Okay, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. The vigilantes are getting after it. If you want to be a part... Uh, the seventh form is coming up. Go to firehousevigilance.com. You can join up there, uh, be a part of it. This, this month, it's really cool. We're discussing my book, The Nine L's, uh, but it's a blast. If you want to be a part of it, go to firehousevigilance.com and sign up today. Get your invite to the vigilantes. The scraps and the killer lineup of 2022 continues. Mega Scrap Charlie is over. I'm telling you, man. This was amazing. We gotta make we gotta plan this again, man. Nozzle drop. <laughs> Nozzle drop. Yeah. Let me
0: drop I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one thing on the way up. Okay. These guys that, that we've been through the war years, challenge yourself now to, to transfer that information before we're gone. That's yes. our responsibility. Leave it better than we found it. Can knock
1: it, man. Next week. Manuel Barajas is next up, followed by David Pruitt, uh, bringing the new year. I'm excited to say the least. Uh, if you want to get stickers, like go to Amazon, rate the 9Ls book, send me a screenshot of you giving it five stars. Don't give it four. Don't give it three. If you give it five, send me a screenshot. I'll give you a sticker pack. It's a bribe, 100% a bribe, uh, and I will send it to you. Also, uh, rate the podcast. Rate the podcast. Send me a screenshot. I'll send you stickers. I promise you. Um, other than that, Light Keyhoes, affordable drill towers, uh MV Fire Rescue, and yes, man, all sponsors. I love it. My brothers, thank you for being such a phenomenal part and making a great mega scrap. Jerry, Steve, Brian, thank you so much. Thank you, Corley.
3: Audience hey, Christmas, fellas.
1: We're out.
0: Yeah. Enjoy the holidays, man.
1: Love you all. Audience, you make the scrap magical. Thank you so much for tuning in live. I love you all. Remember, mutts don't scrap I hope the tone stays silent unless it is burning everybody stay safe out there thanks for listening to the weekly scrap please subscribe and please share we'll see you at the next episode